Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. Anthony. Ah. Might be our quarterback. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's my the most Freddie Mercury impression I will do. I love it. No, like, one at that. I, like I think you get props just for even trying Freddie Mercury because I mean I definitely didn't go to that octave or anywhere yeah, near it. No, and and definitely without the uh, crazy vibrato too. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I I I like I said, a for effort, uh, for thank sure. You. Thank you a very much. Effort. That's that's all. That's all. That's all I'm going for. Just hey. trying to do my best out here. Give 110. percent That's what we're all trying to do right now. All right. Well, <laughs> this is a high quality podcast. This and that is the podcast that you are listening to is podcast versus everyone. I am Craig Powers of KookCenter.com, and with me is the Lord. And purveyor of KoogCenter.com. <laughs> wow. Newskoog. Wow. Jeff Newser. Wow. Lord. Lord. The, that, you know, like in, in feudal times. Yeah. No, that actually kind of fits kind of nicely right now because my kids are in the other room watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Ah, so, so you're, you're more of the Lord in terms of yeah. Star-Lord. Well, my kids, my one of my my youngest in particular, Atticus, he he has this thing where all the time he's like, "Which Marvel character is your favorite?" They always ask me like, and I don't know what it is or why, but they but they ask me this all the time. What's your favorite blank? You know, favorite movie, favorite uh, song, favorite band, favorite. They're just trying to get whatever. to know you, man. I I guess, and I'm just like, you know, so one of the things they ask me, and they do it repeatedly. They're like, "What's your favorite Marvel character?" And I'm like, "I've already told you, it's Peter Quill. He's my favorite." favorite like i'm just like whatever man so yeah star lord that's me except i'm the the am i coog lord coog lord i don't know man that <laughs> yeah i don't know I put, maybe i should uh float that on the bio and see how well that that goes over all right well what does his highness drink <laughs> for this particular occasion well, I will say I am actually not having a beer at the moment because I'm afraid if I do, Ooh. I'm going to – I know, I know. I, I am uh, I'm legitimately afraid right now that if I do, I'll actually fall asleep. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, let's not do that. But I will say this, that because uh, I've been – so I'm getting back – we talked about this kind of last week. I'm getting back on the school schedule, right? I'm getting back on uh, the the idea that I have to start you know, being able to think earlier in the morning and whatever. So I got up early today and we were kind of talking about this off air. I spent virtually the whole day writing or handling website stuff, just doing different things. Uh, we're working on the uh, United for Holinsky's Hope campaign, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so I've been, I've been doing stuff at the computer all day which which is weird it kind of makes me tired and so i'm actually on like my third cup of coffee so it's it's like i'm getting back in the back in the swing of of the school year because if i don't uh then i'm gonna you know i I will get back to school and it'll be bad so i really don't want that to happen if i had coffee right now i would not sleep yeah yeah but i can talk about let's see so 
I could talk about a couple beers I had while I was camping last week. Uh, one was uh, Le- uh, Lemon Drop Pilsner by Mirage, which I know you have had because you had it when we were together at Flatstick. So um, that was super excellent. Um, I tend to like Pilsners that aren't like overly bready. I don't totally like that that sort of bready flavor um and this one uh, was a little more crisp and refreshing so an excellent uh an excellent summer pilsner i also had uh, a matchless off the cuff which is their uh sort of their old ale blend that they do each year i guess as a as an anniversary thing uh no it was just for this just for this year okay just for this anniversary got it uh mine was completely flat and i don't out of the bottle and i don't know if it was supposed to be that way but if it was it just wasn't very pleasant it tasted just kind of like syrup so i don't know if i got if i just got a bad one uh or what but um that was a little disappointing because i was i was kind of looking forward to that one and i'd been saving it and then i opened it and and uh wasn't quite what I was expecting. So anyway. Yeah, I, I will at some point. Uh, I have a couple bottles from Hair of the Dog Brewing. And and they're, they're kind of uh, two different variants of the same beer. Um, since I have those, I, I kind of wanted to wait until we were podcasting together to share them with you. But Hair of the Dog is kind of famous for having a flat beer. So it's like kind of traditionally English to have flat beer okay and that old ale you had was in uh, a bit of an english style and so that it may have been somewhat on purpose i'd be surprised if it was meant to be totally flat but yeah um who knows uh, maybe in the barrel blending it, it just didn't get carbonated or anything you know when they put the beers together maybe they didn't do a kind of um they, di- they didn't do any um uh Usually you'll put in some kind of a finishing. Sometimes you'll put in like finishing yeast to build up that carbonation. Uh-huh. Um, or some breweries will just force carbonate. But um, but for a type of beer like that, you wouldn't typically do that. So it so that that's pretty interesting. I I, I haven't had it, so I, I couldn't tell you. Um, um, I, I'm sometimes I, I like to go on Untapped and just see what other people said. Uh, see if anyone else is having that yeah, issue. Yeah, and it seemed like other people liked it. Like, so I was looking at the other reviews, and I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just got a weird bottle. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But that's all right. How about you? What you drinking, dude? Um, well, I, uh, I'm harking back to my Vermont days. Um, I have a brewery from quite f- famous, or uh, I guess famous in a certain like group of of people um uh uh, a beer from alchemist brewing and Mm. no it is not heady topper um that's like so like 2009 uh no yeah i'm just kidding well (laughs) heady topper would probably be more like 2012 would probably be more uh they, they started canning it in like 2011 2012 and then just blew up from there so maybe you could you could get get a you know, get away with like 2014, uh, but then the then the hazies, the true hazies started right. coming out. Hazies but took it, over. But this isn't hazy. This isn't even an IPA, although it does have a bit of a hot bite. This is Beelzebub, ooh, um, American Imperial Stout, which they've Pleasantly been making for. Evil. Yeah, uh, but I don't know how Beelzebub is typically supposed to be spelled. But it is it typically B E E L Z E B U B. Yeah. Um, so they've done a bit of a play on that and 
on the the can art, there's a B. Um, so I like that, uh, considering uh, that is my daughter's name, uh, spelled differently. But so it's Beelzebub, but the B's got <laughs> kind of drawn, so it looks like his. That's, no way! That's 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 got to be the first time in history that anyone ever like willingly compared their daughter to the devil. So, well, good job. Beelzebub <laughs> doesn't stand for being a bee. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, uh, continue. Tell me about this drawing. Uh, no, it's just uh, it's a drawing of a bee, and it, oh. and, it, um, and he lo- kind of looks like his like top antennae. They might have curved him a little bit to give him sort of a, a hornish okay. appeal. But yeah. it's it's yeah. quite a detailed drawing of a bee. It's kind of cool. But and then they have this like what they do with all their other non heady topper cans. They have these like hops all over this kind of hop, and then it, but it's black and uh, yeah, it's so they used to. This is one of their beers back. Uh, Alchemist started as a brew pub in uh, Waterbury, Vermont. And they actually uh, were Hetty Topper. What it had sort of a super kind of like uh, cult following back then. Like people would go uh, go to like you. But it, there, were, there was no way to get it out of the pub um, legally. Uh, so um, uh, people would go to Vermont just to try Hetty Topper, and then Beelzebub was another one of their regular beers they had on draft there all the time. Um, but so, so one thing people would do with Hetty Topper uh, back then is they would um, uh, take it to the bathroom, pour it in some sort of uh, container, and then uh, sell it on eBay. Back before that, that was beer nerdery back in the day mm-hmm. um, before they started canning it. And then when they canned it, it was like, I lived in Vermont at the time. It was like crazy. Um, really hard to get like, you, you know, uh, shops would have to limit it to one, uh, four pack per person all the time. And it would still go, it could be gone in like a day. And there was only like the only place you could get like a case of it was at the brewery when they opened. So they, so what happened was that old brew pub got, well, flooded a couple times, and the second time it got flooded for Hurricane Irene, um, they actually uh, said, "Screw this! We're going to move up the hill." Um, and they uh, they moved up the hill a little bit in Waterbury, built a built out a production brewery, just started cranking out Hetty Topper. They didn't really have much time to do much else because Hetty Topper was selling so well. Um, eventually, they would do these sort of like limited can releases where they would just set up a truck. And uh, we'd go down, wait in line, and they'd have you know other beers other than Hetty Topper, um, and so that was that was pretty interesting. They would have these really simple cans, uh, but now um, right after I left, uh, about the year after I left, they um, and they were building it when I was uh, there. But in Stowe, which is uh, um, uh, about t- ten miles up the road from their uh, from their production brewery, they built a larger brewery with like a visitors center. Uh, what happened is they had a visitors center in the other one, uh, but what happened was it just got overwhelmed with people coming. All, all you could really do is sample like an, two ounces of Hetty Topper, but like people would freak out and come there, and the bathrooms like were over. Like they just didn't have the water supply and like all this stuff, and like their neighbors were complaining because people were like parking all over the place. Um, so, uh, they actually ended up building a, a visitor's center, um, in Stowe, a much larger space with like a parking lot and everything. And, and now they, they've got the capacity to brew other beers other than Hetty Topper all year round. And so one of them that they brew quite often is Beelzebub. Um, so this is definitely harkens back to an, uh, older styles of stouts. Uh, it, uh, it is called an American Imperial Stout. And when you put American in front of something, uh, that, 
typically means hoppy. Um, and this is certainly a very, it's an 8% big stout. So it's got a lot of like maltiness in there, but it's, it's still very hoppy. It definitely like touches the realm of a black IPA. If you remember those, those, yep. those were a thing, um, that you rarely see anymore, thankfully. Um, but so, so it's, it's definitely like, it's not like now, like the trend is very sweet stouts and you know, you're definitely not getting these hoppy stouts anymore. It's got a lot of good roast malt character like it's very dark obviously it's stout and it's got a touch of sweetness but it's heavily balanced out and even kind of overpowered by this kind of um like kind of pretty bitter back end like like it's got a bitterness that that heady topper has um but it in a stout and so it's it's kind of like this kind of uh stout cousin of heady topper and um it's pretty interesting because it just reminds me of i got i remember when black ipas first came out i was just into all things super hoppy and uh so i um i would have just loved a beer like this like in maybe like 2010 to 2013 or something um i would have just like just wanted to crush these all day you know this big dark stout with like tons of hop character mm-hmm. now it's not my it's not my favorite thing it's not bad but it's a really it's a really good beer but it's just like it's not what i'm looking for but it's kind of funny i was thinking i rarely even drink in uh a a, a small like a stout under 10 percent anymore and i rarely ever drink a stout that hasn't been put in some sort of barrel or oak or something so yeah. it's it's kind of like it's it's definitely taken me back a little bit to drink this beer uh, uh, a nice friend uh gave it to me um she had picked it up like in a trade or something and, and she had a few extras and so she uh gave that to me she knew i used to live in, she knew i used to live in vermont um you actually met her jeff i think she was at my house for uh uh that bottle share you came over for yeah um uh, her name is sarah like your wife mm-hmm. um but uh, easy to remember yeah um so uh so yeah this is uh this is pretty interesting and yeah it's definitely a little throwback for me um to drink such a big hoppy stout and even just such a big hoppy or big bitter like have something with such a bitterness profile that you don't you don't even see in ipas really anymore um so yeah it's pretty interesting um and i always always love to drink a beer from vermont i loved my time there and it's pretty cool to uh get to revisit some of these beers i had in the past but um i don't think we do ratings anymore and i don't want to do that i don't want to yeah. do- I don't want to rate a bear. I, th- I think you, 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 it's you good. Can get it's yeah, it's good. It's just not my not my thing anymore. <laughs> it's always like we're always like doing these ratings. It's like well, we're generally only going to pick beers that we pretty much know are good. So yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's not like we're doing a blind taste test of I don't know, cores or PBR or something. And like hmm. yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, cool man. So cool. Um, Anything is is there anything going on in WSU football? No, but uh, I there there are a few things. But I think before we get into that, yeah, um, I want I want to uh, talk a little bit about, about something cool that uh, we are doing with our friend Britton Ransford and his company Butte Brand and uh and also kookvan.com uh together with kookcenter.com yeah and that is something we did uh last year not with britain but britain was designed it last year but not as his as the uh the purveyor of the product uh, but um so that that's our united campaign that's spelled with a three Mm -hmm. as the e um which obviously is there for tyler holinsky and so uh this is um 
United, obviously, uniting a, a, a multiple organizations here. I, if you want to call Kooks here an organization. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think we meet the definition. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, just to, cut, to uh, raise money and then ra- raise money and raise awareness of the Helinski's Hope Foundation. And Jeff, why don't, you, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've talked before about how um, you know this 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 is something that's that's near and dear to me. Um, I consider Mark and Kim Holinsky to be to be dear friends. Um, I've you know had the had the privilege of getting to know them, uh, you know, over the last couple of years uh, with uh, a relationship with Mark that started. Um, you know, before Tyler's death, um, just talking football. And, and then, uh, it's a relationship that grew, uh, closer as, um, you know, the months and, and years have gone by, um, since Tyler's passing. So, um, they truly are, you know, incredible people, uh, who are determined to do, uh, the most good, um, with this, you know, this awful thing that, that happened to their son and their family. Um, and they're determined to try and help other people, uh, try and prevent, uh, this from happening to other people. And so, um, you know, last year we, we did the United campaign again with Kook fan, uh, Britain designed the shirts and, and we did really, really well. Uh, I think we raised about $14,000 altogether, maybe a little more than that, um, which is, is super remarkable. Um, this year, and, and I think this is to be expected, you know, things are going a little more slowly, out of the gate, um, you know, again, you know, it's, it's not as fresh as it was last fall. Um, you know, particularly, uh, you know, with the fact that Tyler would have been the starter and, you know, again, his, his death was, was less than a year old at that point. Um, there was a strong sense of rallying around the Halinskis. Um, and, and so, you know, like the, the t-shirt sales went bonkers, um, a little bit slower this year. And like I said, that that's understandable, but I'm hoping that we can, we can sort of crank it up here. We're about halfway through our campaign. Uh, it runs until August 25th. So as we record now, we're about halfway through. Um, we've sold a couple hundred t-shirts. Um, we'd really, really, really like to get to at least 500. I set a goal of 800. So we're about 25% of the way there. Um, if we get to 800, we should be able to donate about the same amount that we donated last year. Um, but if we can at least get to 500, that's when we really maximize uh, the return because of the, you know, the cost of, of printing and, and that and shipping and that sort of stuff. So, um, so if you haven't bought your shirt yet, please do. Um, if you're, if if you're not, you know, all that familiar with what Helinski's Hope does, or if you're just thinking, um, listen, I can tell you that uh, the Helinski's, Mark and Kim, uh, and, and Kelly also, uh, their oldest son, they work pretty relentlessly and pretty tirelessly to uh, forward the mission of Helinski's Hope, um, which is designed to, you know, reduce stigmatism uh, around mental illness, to get uh, student athletes in particular the help that they need uh, if they are hurting or, or in, you know, any kind of uh, mental distress. Uh, they've they've already partnered. They're partnering with the NCAA. Um, I know they were recently down at UCLA for a workshop with some student athletes down there. Um, you know, and then in the last year, they've also sponsored some some workshops uh, at WSU and Eastern Washington and Idaho. Um, they are doing very real things uh, with the money that's being donated to the Helinski's Hope Foundation. So, um, so please, 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 pretty please with sugar on top, get yourself a t-shirt. Um, about half or a little more than half of the cost of the t-shirt uh, goes to Helinski's Hope. Um, and, and it's just a cool thing to be able to wear, you know, when you wear it to 
uh, you know, wear to a football game or wear it around town or whatever, um, and somebody sees it, uh, it, it's sort of an outward expression of, of what you believe in and what you stand for. And it's this idea that, you know, we don't have to let um, what happened to Tyler happen to anybody else. Uh, you know, Tyler obviously was a kid who uh, looked like he had everything in the world going for him. And, and really, he should be starting his, you know, second and final year um, at the helm of our football program. And it's a tragedy, frankly, that he's not. And so um, anything we can do to try and uh, keep that from happening to any other family or any other kid, um, we should be doing. And, and this is this is our little way of doing that um, and helping the Holinskys uh, spread that message and, and give really give athletic departments and, and student athletes the tools um, that they can use. And, and that's really their focus is practical tools, the tools that they can use to prevent a tragedy like this from happening again. So um, if you're if you're not sure where or how to buy it, just go to kookcenter.com. Uh, you'll see, you know, we've got some posts, I'm going to try and do some posts over the next few days, kind of highlighting some of the very tangible things they've done. Uh, you know, you can also go to buttebrand.com and you'll find the Holinsky's Hope fundraiser um, there as well. So huge thanks to Britain for partnering with us this year. Huge thanks to kook fan for everything they're doing to uh to promote this and uh yeah let's let's make a difference together yeah and i have to say like if you had the shirt last year which which i did um well mine doesn't fit very well anymore but uh, <laughs> uh but but uh i i think the uh the design this year is di- it's a little different and i think i think a little cooler looking even <laughs> like and yeah. the, i think the shirts are uh are, are a little bit more quality um yeah. and uh maybe more comfortable than than last year's shirt so uh, i think the 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 gray's a little darker so it might might fit for you to wear to that all anthracite day on uh, september 21st so yeah um so i and the I shirts think, should arrive by then they should yeah. be there should be to you in your hands by about mid-september yeah so that'd be perfect timing to uh wear that to the all answer right but there is a wide option as well you know for your road your road trips yeah um because uh, we do actually have to wear white on the road um yeah. so you can you can match the cougs with that and and i will say that um it helps if you buy um like if, if you have you know family member friend that wants one too it helps if you buy a, a couple at a time because it cuts into your uh to the shipping yep. uh, it makes it it makes it easier on you on the shipping yep. end you're gonna so. pay six dollars shipping for each order so if you can bunch up all the better yeah so you know yeah uh, if, if maybe your uh your partner wants one maybe your kid needs yep. one i don't know like so and they've so, got yeah. they do have women's and kids shirts yep. i ordered shirts for sarah and myself got her a women's shirt got me a men's shirt and uh yeah so yeah so very cool. Um, I'm excited to uh, get that shirt, rock that shirt again. Um, you know, the other one's a little, it's a little big on me now that I've uh, lost a bit of weight. But, uh, yeah, I feel it. But yeah, um, kind of an awkward transition here. But uh, I mean, it, 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 it's uh, we can we can talk about we're, we're talking about Tyler Holinsky, who you know should have been the starter this year, and he's not. Uh, but so what we've been looking at is, is finding, you know, his, his replacement the last two years and last year was Minshew. And this year, um, we've, we've seen a, a QB battle probably, um, bigger than what we uh, expected. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so last year we saw, it was pretty, I think it was pretty clear that Tinsley was the backup to Minshew. Seemed like it. Yeah. Um, so he, 
Um, he came in in an early season blowout and had an issue with his belt or something. I can't remember. His hip pads or something. <laughs> That's and right. he came out. And something then, like that. And then Gordon ended up um, taking some reps and then, yeah, threw an interception actually. But, um, but Anthony Gordon. And, and so, uh, but so last year it looked like Anthony Gordon was uh, number three on the depth chart for sure. Um, and then this year, uh, before spring ball, they bring in Gage Gabrud, another grad transfer, and it and it's really seemed, you know, up until recently that yeah. he was he was kind of the anointed one to be the uh, starter this year. Seemed like that's why they brought him in. Same reason why they brought Minshew in last year because yeah. they just didn't they weren't really sure with what they had. And um, but you know, uh, in at the spring game, uh, yeah, obviously Gabrud didn't play in that, but. Anthony Gordon was far and away the best quarterback at the spring game. Um, definitely the most impressive looking guy. Um, he kind of uh, made some good throws and, and uh, uh, showed a little bit of mobility, more mobility than you expected, especially for a guy of his size. Uh, he's about 6'3", 220, I think, around right now. Um, definitely has a pretty solid arm, which we saw when he was in his one JC year, um, when he played with Aesop Winston, of course. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, so uh, this year, the, uh, so we've been thinking it was Gabrud all along, but Jeff, uh, you know, it's kind of looking like uh, Mr. Gordon is going to be the quarterback. Yeah, in fact, uh, Theo Lawson just tweeted, I've learned through a source Anthony Gordon will be getting two-thirds of the quarterback reps at WSU practice this week. Another strong hint, the redshirt senior will be starting for the Cougars on August 31st. And after... You know, Leach kind of said the uh, for the second time that hey, you know, if if we were having a game today, Anthony Gordon would be our quarterback. Is like, nah, that's that's it. It's done. It's done. And it's and it's so crazy too because um, you know a week ago, right when we recorded this, we, we you know we were we were sort of like, well, you know, it's a good sign that we haven't heard that Gabrud can't you know, is, is floundering, you know, and that seems like he's pretty much on track. And, and we were of the same mind as everybody else that, um, you know, that Gabrud was brought in, you know, presumably to be the starter. Um, and not necessarily that the job was just going to be handed to him, but at the same time, it was, they pretty actively pursued, you know, Gabrud. It, it wasn't a situation where, you know, Gabrud just sort of showed up on their doorstep and they went, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, they worked hard to help him get eligible, right? I mean, right. you know, there's sort of all of this stuff. And now it's, it's, uh, he's, he's not going to be the guy. And, and, you know, I, I, I think on some level we knew intellectually that, yeah, of course, Mike Leach is going to make it a competition and somebody's going to have to actually win the job. But I think, you know, we just sort of, you know, poo-pooed the idea that, well, you know, maybe somebody else looks so much better that they pass him. But if it's sort of neck and neck, then, you know, it's probably going to be Gabrud, right? I mean, why else do you bring him in? And then here we are a week later and, and it's Anthony Gordon. And it's, uh, that, that is a pretty wild, uh, pretty wild trip to take over, over the course of a week. And also, um, goes to show that, that we really don't know shit. <laughs> you yep. know, it's like, yeah. we, we think we do and we're watching and we're like analyzing it from 50. I mean, that's what a podcast is. I mean, if we're not talking out of our asses from time to time, then there's really no point in, the, in doing any of this, but, uh, it, it's, it's, it's super crazy. And yet, you know, I feel good about it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I, you know, I watched him at the spring game and, and I, I was like, yeah, like they look like him and Tinsley both looked good, except Gordon made some, um, uh, 
I, I don't know how, how quite to put bigger throws, right? right. Like he, like he had some throws that you were like, Oh yeah, that's a big boy throw. I, I think he had, he had one to the sideline that just was sort of like a, Whoa, kind of throw right. where he kind of dropped it in the bucket between, you know, like, like over the top of the corner playing zone and then in front of the safety playing zone. And I can't remember if it was to Renard Bell or Aesop Winston, maybe you remember, but, but I just remember Elsa was sort of drunk. And so, but I just remember being like, I just remember being like, Oh my God, what a throw. You know I mean? It was this great, just gorgeous throw um so you know like I, I walked away from that game thinking hey if this guy ends up as the starter i mean i feel i feel like he'd be fine you know and so i you know i don't know where his ceiling is i, I know at this time last year i felt like Gar- uh gardner Minshew's ceiling was like okay you know and obviously that ended up not being the case right so you know i I'm excited. It's a really cool story, man. I know I'm just kind of rambling on all these different tangents, but like, I don't know, like it's a, it's a cool deal. And, and, and it's, you know, I I think it's uh, pretty incredible that, you know, Mike Leach really did make it an open competition and, um, you know, good for Gordon that he, that he went out and won the job. Yeah. And I I think that's what we want to say here is he, he won the job. Like this, this guy came in with lots of credentials, you know, 11,000 yards passing and on the right. FCS level. Like 1,200 passing yeah, attempts. Yeah, like and he's, he's run, you know, an offense to great success. And, um, but, and Gordon hasn't had, you know, hardly any live action uh, play in, in, uh, in uh, college football other than in, at the JC level. And so um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to watch him sort of just watch him well he's put on weight since he arrived when he was a pretty skinny dude um and so he's a little more sturdy looks like a starting quarterback now you know he's a big dude he's, yeah. he's got a he's got a strong arm and and he's really you know the, the last like it, we, we we talked about spring ball but the the last two scrimmages like hit the the video that we've got seen from that like he's he's made like just really impressive throws yep uh beautiful spiral you know he looks like a freaking quarterback man like mm-hmm. but like it but it, it's just like um he can spin it better than any quarterback we've had since Connor Halliday I, yeah, I, I feel I confident say probably saying that. yeah yeah he's got well yeah I, I I think that is uh that is very true and and he's definitely the uh the most imposing or I guess, well Falk was what six fox six three roughly six four six yeah he's six four but probably not taller yeah a little taller probably a little thinner at least when he was you know coming in but but i I think like he gordon does have just uh some some of that pocket mobility that we saw from maybe not to the level of Minshew, but we'll see how how well he Minshew just had was very adept at um, avoiding sacks and we, we, we don't know exactly, you know, we have heard Mike, we, we heard Mike Leach talk about how Gabrud and Gordon were both, uh, solid at avoiding, uh, sacks. And, and that, that was a huge part of, you know, obviously the offensive line was very good last year, but a huge part of, of just 
the huge drop in sack rate that we saw was just that Minshew just did not take sacks, and and, and we saw Falk definitely did before he <laughs> yeah. was a guy that would take a sack, <laughs> and but Minshew just refused, and and you know a couple times it was an interception, but most of the time it was you know a throwaway, or and then sometimes it was a huge play because he didn't take a sack, you know. Yep. Um. So and I think Gordon may, maybe actually you know Minshew wasn't really even that fast, so I, I don't really no. know like like what, what we saw around like he ran like a f- five flat or four. Yeah, it, it like, was not fast. Like, and so, so yeah, you know, I, I think Gordon, like, he looks like from his uh, college highlight, his community college highlights, and then what we've seen uh, in, in just the spring games the last couple of years, um, he does have the, a, a little bit of mobility. Um, so, you know, he's not going to be running around, probably not like the type of like Gabrud where he can break off a big run or something, but he, he, what what we definitely want and what we were spoiled with last year was a guy that will just not like get get this negative play on first down and second down and that'll just that just sets you sets you back yep. because as much as this is a passing offense it's very much a um it's 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 not a it's not as much a big play offense although no. with a guy you know uh, we like you said you know Gordon probably has a bigger arm than our last couple quarterbacks and so who knows you know um, yeah. He, you know, the the thing I think that separated him from Gabrud is exactly that, that he, the offense was more explosive with him at the helm. Um, you could see it in the spring game. You know, it was kind of noted during camp uh, that, you know, that, that kind of he was leading more big plays and then it happened in the, the last scrimmage. You know, I mean, there was a massive difference in yards per attempt. Um, and I think one of the things that makes the air raid explosive um, that, that a lot of people don't always realize, you know, it, it's like explosive plays don't always come or, or often mostly don't come from deep throws. Like that's right. not the typical explosive play. Um, the typical explosive play is much more likely to be something that's, you know, an intermediate pass where you throw it to someone who's got a ton of, you know, green in front of them. Right. I mean, look for, you know, however many years with river Craycraft, our most, most explosive, uh, pass play was a play called Y cross where, and, and people, you know, if you, if you watched the game closely, you can visualize this in your head, you know, Craycraft would just sort of, you know, do this little diagonal route, Right. Uh, over the top of the linebacker, but in front of the safety. And inevitably, he'd find this soft spot, you know, after he was kind of approaching the far hash, and he'd catch the ball right there. And, you know, he's either, you know, picking it up for, for 15 yards, or if he catches it and runs, you know, the, the X receiver on the left has carried the corner and the safety out of there, and there's just all this space to run. And so you get these explosive plays from throwing to guys on time, and with space in front of them. And that was something that um, Luke Falk got very bad at (laughs) by the time he was a senior. That's where if you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, um, those holes close up, right? There are no more, you know, big, wide open, you know, green spaces to throw into. Um, Minshew was pretty good at that last year, throwing guys into it. I think there's a chance, you know, with, with Gordon having been in this system now for, you know, for four years, basically. Right. I mean, he's a, he's a fifth year senior. Um, he came as a sophomore, played one year of community college where he was uh, an academic qualifier. So he didn't have to play the two years there before he could transfer. Um, 
you know, for ultimately that's what you want is that a guy has repped it so many times that he knows where the throw is supposed to go almost automatically and, and can give it to the guy in, you know, on time in rhythm with space in front of him to get those explosive plays. And, and I think that's really, um, that's really at least what I'm hoping for is that maybe we get a, a return to an even more explosive offense. I mean, I know we're going to have a tough time living up to, to last year, particularly with the way that, that Minshew improvised. But um, I, I think there's a reasonable chance and I, you know, maybe this is just, uh, you know, the optimism of preseason talking, but I think there's a reasonable chance that the passing game uh, is as good as it has been since maybe 2014, which was sort of our peak air raid season under Mike Leach. Holy shit. I know. Um, yeah. And again, that could just be optimism. Maybe but, the, we are, we are, uh, but I'm excited. We are as the Instagram, um, account who classics pointed out. We are Tyrone Brackenridge days away from, uh, uh, but we're also Connor holiday days away from yes. the season as yes. we record this. So, um, <laughs> so that's a, a great, uh, a, a, a great, uh, uh, person to point out. Um, obviously we, we always preach, um, the greatness of 2014 and how it was Heck tragically yeah. shut, sh- cut short. Um, we're never going to let anybody forget that. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, if if Gabrud is healthy during spring ball, do you think this is different? I don't. Right. I don't. I you know maybe, but um, I you know I mean I, I'll say this. Uh, you know Gabrud was, you know he was around. He was watching film. He was taking mental reps. He was you know participating in you know a handful of stuff. He didn't do like really a lot of team stuff because they didn't want. Um, you know, as we found out there was surgery involved with what he, uh, with, with the injury that he suffered. So they really didn't want any kind of a setback there. So, you know, they didn't want him getting, you know, stepped on or accidentally rolled over or whatever. But, um, you know, I mean, he got to throw the ball around. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't. I think, I just think Gordon, I, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, Theo Lawson takes, uh, you know, stats of every practice. And, you know, one of the things that he came up with was that the last, you know, whatever, 25, uh, you know, possessions or whatever, like 25 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And those aren't really like full drives, you know, so it's not quite the same as a game, but it's definitely like, you know, you're throwing a ton of passes and, you know, putting the ball in the end zone and, and... very, yeah, that was for Gordon in various situations. He's not their interception. So I don't know, man. I, I, I think we kind of have to look at this a little differently and say, you know, I don't think Gabrud did anything wrong. Um, I just think Gordon went out and won the thing and, and by doing really well. That's badass. Um, uh, but of course, because these, uh, but it's, it's funny. And it's just a way you know, to show that we kind of assumed Gabrud, uh, was going to be the starter and it seemed, uh, WSU did as well. Um, because, uh, Gabrud was named to the Johnny Unitas award watch list today. Um, uh, today. Uh, so it's kind of funny to see, um, uh, the, the Cougar football social media accounts promote that. Yeah, as that was becoming, unfortunate. As, be, as it's, I mean, they're going to promote. They're, they're obviously promoting every time a guy's on the list, but like, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of looking like he's not going to throw many passes. So. No, probably not. Yeah, but you so. know, I mean, look, it's it's good that he's that we've got him. I mean, I don't think it's oh, yeah. you know, I don't think like, it's a waste. I mean, if something were to happen to Gordon, or if it turns out that he actually is terrible, um, 
you know, you feel pretty good about about the next guy up. Yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, and I, I think we've we've said even before, even the third guy. So um, even Tinsley. So I think the yep. WSU's. You know, they say if you have if you have two starters, then you have none. Well, I think the WC has three starters and they actually have three this year. So um, <laughs> I think that's probably true. I would feel less confident with Tinsley. Yeah. Um, but the top two guys for sure. I mean, I feel, I feel good again, if something were to happen to, uh, or something were to happen to Gordon, then, then, you know, Gabrud would, would certainly feel okay. And, uh, and I like, I like that spot. And, and, you know, to be honest, I mean, look, we've, we've reached the point in, in, you know, Mike Leach, program stage or whatever where you just go you know whoever he puts back there is going to be fine at least fine yeah you know? and, and we saw it in texas tech he had some fifth year seniors yeah who started one year and he had three and, of them in a row yeah three of them in a row and they were all awesome yep yeah and so uh yeah we, we won't have three in a row but in, unless yep. there's a grad transfer <laughs> waiting that in the wings would, again but still, uh, still won't be a fifth year senior so no, yeah so um so yeah so that's uh very uh cool interesting um uh one thing I, it, it kind of shows is is leech is not full of shit when he's no uh, he's talking really about not. some of these things about uh you know kind of this pete carroll everyone's got to compete yeah. for their jobs and I, I mean we saw it um we saw it in 2015 when uh booby came on as a, a redshirt freshman and keith harrington who had had a pretty solid yep. year as the kind of third running back and, and, yep. and ha- brought this kind of wrinkle in the screen game and stuff he just totally became a special teams player and yep. and and uh when, when booby came on so we know that um it, it, leach is going to put especially on offense like what the way he has the control of he's going to put the guys in there that um that he thinks are the best so yep. um and and this this is uh proving to be another example of that which is pretty cool and and, and if you're a player on that team and you're a backup right now that's got to make you feel pretty good so yeah i mean is there are tons of examples of it luke falk and tyler brugman right obviously you got that um just last fall you know defensive tackle right you had they had recruited uh jonathan lolo hea right to play defensive tackle well he finds himself buried on the you know behind uh you know taylor Taylor comfort on the depth chart and he's just like you know what screw this i'm out of here and it's like (laughs) You know, Taylor Comfort gets put on scholarship before his senior season. And, you know, I mean, it's they really it's really not lip service. If you can play, you're going to play. And, um, you know, good for him. man. it's such a cool story for Gordon to just sit there and sit there and sit there. And, um, you know, and I'll say also from, you know, when I sat in the QB, uh, the QB room film session with Leach and the quarterbacks. Um, you know, there's just kind of something about Gordon. He's a different personality than our previous two quarterbacks. Um, he's definitely got some of that California cool. He's from the, from the Bay area. Um, he's just kind of got this real laid back personality, but, uh, but there's a little bit of a swagger to it. it. It's sort of like this confidence, like, like I can do this, you know, um, it's pretty crazy. So I, yeah, I I'm excited. I'm really, you know, the unknown is, is the, it's the allure of the unknown, right? Like maybe this guy is amazing. Um, I probably have to temper my expectations, but at any rate. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch it, but, uh, but what I'm not excited to do, but we're overdue for is, uh, <laughs> is a commercial break. So commercial break. Here we go. And we're back. We're back. Jeff, you still feeling pretty good about that? Maybe it could be 2014 levels of air raid? You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. 
you know, he's look at who he's throwing to, and look at you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't you were talking know. about Craycraft, and I was like, man, if we had that guy, that yeah, would be me. <laughs> um, yeah. But instead, we've just got you know three uh, X receivers, all of whom could play, but all of whom can't play. So that's and, that'll probably be a topic for another podcast. And, and two Z's, and uh, and two Z's, and yeah, it's it, they it's it's pretty wild how loaded we are at receiver, but. We are not apparently loaded at offensive line. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's become apparent in the last couple scrimmages. Yeah, and I think was probably a little apparent in the spring game as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, we just didn't want to think about it. No, because um, we just wanted to drink and have fun in Pullman. Yes, um, but uh, yeah, All of those so, are true. So obviously, uh, we had a. Uh, one of our writers, Kevin Dudley, was at practice. Um, and uh, he, as well as um, others, have observed uh, that when that uh, backup, when the backups come in um, on the O line, uh, there's a significant drop off, um, and and that's uh, a little bit scary. Yeah, it, you know, I th- I think it's it's sort of interesting because yes, on the one hand, it, it's sort of scary, but on the other hand, we've. Uh, you know, I can't think of a major offensive line injury in the last couple of years during the season. Can you like, uh, like I, I'm trying to think. Why would you say that? I, I know, I know, but but no, I don't believe I in that. No, so. I, can't. I know, I know, I don't either. But, but, but yes, you're you're right. I I, I can't. Brian um, Anderson would be on here scolding me about the football gods. But, I think one of the but things, I don't believe in your football gods. One of the things gods. that that helps uh, is our style of. Yeah, I blocking. think that's true. Uh, we don't have the al- alignment. I believe that's true. Uh, running across each other as much as we do have them pull sometimes, but um, it's not. They're not kind of uh, uh, doing the crack, cracking back on, right. on guys and 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 maybe because what you see at O line injuries is often friendly fire. Yep. Um, so or run blocking. Yeah. You, know, you get you're, you're so pushing just, a guy downfield. Yeah. You get rolled up on. We're that just sort of thing. we're spacing guys out. They're farther apart. Yep. Um, so maybe there's some some uh some magic to that in terms of injuries but also i I think our strength and conditioning program is top notch all those guys are wearing like braces all the time like it's um but uh yeah um you're right yeah we we definitely have a great uh, top five offensive line and but uh um you know uh hopefully uh they uh they stay healthy because uh what we've seen is uh maybe uh Maybe the second level is not ready, and and I don't. And again, I don't really think that's something to worry about for like future years or whatever. But because these guys, uh, uh, offensive line is in, unless you're kind of a prodigy, uh, yep. like, um, Abe like Lucas. Liam, Abe Lucas or um, Liam Ryan or something. They're, they're a little younger when they step in, and, and they but they are uh, uh, Ma- Ma- Maui Goa. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, but uh, you know they step in when they're younger. But uh, those are the guys that are just like elite guys. Uh, but uh, but you know uh, we we've seen guys come in in their fourth year in the program and be much better than we thought they were going to be based on their few first few years. So um, yep. even they're going to you know if they do come in, it might be later in the season. It might you know who knows like they they could be improved. These guys practice every day during the season, and, and they yep. do they. Play play thursday night football um so they they have a they they have a chance to um 
to improve. And that's something we kind of forget about. We always think like what the team has in in August. And we see every year guys emerge, uh, things change halfway through the season. Um, So, you know, injuries happen, whatever. Um, And and so, uh, you know, we, we, we often have like, you know, Desmond Patman wasn't the best receiver we had um, up until probably the, Maybe a USC game, or, or uh, which was what the fifth fifth game of the season, right? Um, or maybe no, maybe it was a little earlier. Uh, but 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 yeah, so he he, he didn't really emerge as that I- until USC, and then he just kind of went on a roll after that. Before that, it was Tay Martin. It seemed like he was going to have this monster season, um, but you know things change, and throughout the season, guys 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 get better sometimes guys just kind of fade maybe they, they have some nagging injury or something football is always like that um so i i i think it's you know it's not something to be alarmed about because uh, our starting offensive line is very good <laughs> and and yeah. uh, and and that is something that wsu has not always had um even in leach's early early in leach's tenure they have not always had a good offensive line yeah. and 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 if and if and and you know if if Gordon has the type of pop pocket mobility that we hope that he and or Gabrud or have like 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 Minshew did or at least something approximating it, then we'll we'll probably you know be fine. Yeah, I think the only spot that's a little bit concerning is left guard because you're plugging in uh, Robert Valencia, who you know will become a starter for the first time in right. in his career. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that works out, but, but I think, you know, the, the general idea is that if one offensive lineman gets hurt, you're probably like, like you're like all these guys who were so bad in the, in the scrimmage are not all going to be playing together in a game. Exactly. They're all, yeah. What you're seeing is like, they come in as a group and, 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 but now it's, you know. You just have one guy that's getting beat instead of all right. five guys, right? And and if you, you know, let's say you know Valencia gets hurt or Valencia maybe isn't effective or whatever, and you take a guy and put him in that left guard spot, well, you know, he's not being surrounded by second stringers. Now he's being flanked by you know a couple of potential All Pac twelve players in Liam Ryan and and Fred Malgoa. So, you know, it's I think that. The, there's a little bit of a soft landing there that, you know, maybe there wouldn't otherwise be. So I, I think they'll be fine. I, I, honestly, I think the the thing that would probably concern me the most would be if, say, one of Liam Ryan or Malagoa or Abe Lucas got hurt. That, that would be the part yeah. that would concern me just because the drop off from them to the next person just, just in terms of talent. And that's nothing against, you know, Josh Watson or, or whatever, but that's mostly to say, I, I think we, I think we all sort of recognize that, you know, those are our three most talented guys. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to drop from them to somebody else, but, you know, I think they could probably get along fine and I think they'd, they'd be just okay. And, you know, it, it's sort of the magic of what Mike Leach does with the offensive line. You know, they recruit so many damn linemen every year. They recruit um, a full set of linemen. They every recruit year. a full line every year, right? Five and we remember, linemen every we, year. We remember when Paul Wolf had six scholarship linemen. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, people look at the line and go, wow, Leach is so great at developing offensive linemen. He is. But some of that is just playing the numbers, right? Like if you're if you've got twenty offensive linemen on your roster, five of them should be able to play, right? 
right? You know, five of them should develop over the course of three or four years. I mean, that's that that should be. And then you then you hit on a guy like Andre Dillard who right. just shouldn't have been. You know, or a guy you, like Abe Lucas, well, you can, or you can right? and you can take risks with a guy like Andre Dillard, right? For him to take time to develop, and because you see he has the athleticism, because you're 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 recruiting a bunch of other guys who are three hundred pounds and you know, or at least have the size yep. to play right away. So. Yep. Um, and that, and the next Andre Dillard's already on the roster, man. You watch, it's that uh, Fafita kid. Oh my gosh! There, there was a video of him from camp where he uh, stonewalled one of our starting defensive linemen, um, and he's he's all of two hundred and sixty-five pounds or whatever. Yeah, right? Yeah, now. that was a great video. Um, but he's super strong and great feet, and he's going to be he is going to be special. Um, he was a guy we signed, sort of. Uh, um, a surprise, like a surprise uh, commitment and signing right, right up towards signing day last year. Um, he's going to be really, really good. So yeah, I mean, you, you know, you recruit enough guys, you know, five or six of them are bound to be good. And, you know, if you've got, you know, 15 guys who never quite make it there, then, you know, that's okay. And, and you can afford to do that a little bit when you're not handing out, you know, a million scholarships, you know, to running backs or, or whatever, you know, you're, um, when you make that your foundation and recognize that you can't do anything without a line, you know, then, you know, you put a priority there and it, and it usually works out. I, I think they'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not concerned about it really. Yeah. So I just, you, you know how, uh, we, we love to, uh, pick on pro football focus because of their, Mm-hmm. They're, they're like stats that just sort of nonsense stats. stats. So uh, I just I wanted to, I wanted to share one with you from Liam Liam Ryan's uh, uh, page on uh, wcougars.com. Um, he was ranked the sixth best best passing pass blocking offensive guard in the country, which yeah that makes sense, and the second best screen blocking guard in the country by Pro Football Focus. What is that Ooh. even? Second best screen blocking guard. Ooh. I don't know, but it sounds good. Oh, man. <laughs> we should have... Okay, so when the season starts... Let, let's write this down. When the season starts, we're going to have the PFF stat of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> PFF stat of the week oh, that we man. can totally like just make fun of. We might have, I, we might look, have, a lot have of people, Brian on to guess. Right? A lot of people like that. PFF, but, you know, and if you do, you know, God bless you, whatever. But You like it when uh, they say nice things about yeah, the yeah. guys you like. But it's like, you know, like our thing is always you know, what does this even mean? <laughs> right. You know, it's like, like, what are like, you rating on a yeah screen blocking guard? Like there's so many different types of screens. Yeah. Um, like, so, so like, what does that even mean? Like some, yep. sometimes WSU is running screens where he's just doing a regular pass block. Yep. Like, so yep. I don't, you know, because it's kind of masked, but I don't, I, I don't know. Man. Yeah. But, and on the traditional, you know, the traditional like running back screen, the whole point is to not really block, right? And just go run out in front. I you know, know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously you're going to go run out in front, so maybe that's what they're gauging. Maybe he's, maybe. Out, which I could see Ryan. You know, he's a athletic guy, but uh, just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I always love looking at, at those things. Which you know, uh, what, what would, uh, what would WSU have to put on an off, like even in an offensive lineman's like profile if they didn't have like random stats like that so thank you profile focus for having giving us something to point to for linemen uh, as individuals rather than just as groups so yep but But ranking rankings are always cool rankings are great um whether it be number two or even number 23 i know 23 that's that's pretty cool second time in the last three years we've been ranked in the preseason 
Yeah, and it, you know, it's uh, this is the Associated Press poll, by the Associated way. Associated Press. Somebody was confused. They were like, "I thought we were already ranked," and I was like, "That's ah, the coach's poll." So you know, whatever. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. They both but, hey, are equally irrelevant. That well, <laughs> I mean, I guess, but you know, as we know, I mean, preseason perception has all sorts of ramifications for a team. You you tend to get the benefit of the doubt later when you've gotten the benefit of the doubt earlier. Which, of course, if you want to hear our rant on that. Yes, uh, you I don't can go know. Listen to the episode from a couple. Go, weeks go listen ago. to the episode a couple weeks ago, when I think it's titled like "The Cougs Are Ranked" or something. Yeah. So just so if you want to hear our thoughts on this, basically to summarize it, it's good. Yes. Um, it there's it 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 it, it, w- it would have been benefited us last year if we were ranked um, going into the preseason. Yep. Um, so it's 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 a good thing. Uh, one uh, one one thing that's that's interesting is yeah, it's the second time in the last three years, and how many times had it ever happened before? Before the last three years, yeah, twice, twice. <laughs> this in is the fourth time ever <laughs> in J- like two thousand two. Jason Gesser's senior season. Yep. Rose Bowl season, which yep. was a very you know they came off a ten win Com- season. Yep. And they, Coming off you know, the Sun Bowl. Yep. And and so that's you know they were they were looking like it you know they they were probably ranked pretty high I don't remember probably probably top ten ish area what's that when they when they came into the season yeah yeah they were ranked eleven coming yeah. into the season yeah and then and then in nineteen was nineteen fifty two or something nineteen fifty two yep <laughs> ranked fifteenth coming into the season that's it but of before, course they finished that year unranked but you know whatever. well you know same as twenty seventeen. <laughs> Sorry, Alton Kircher, Coach Alton Kircher. Uh, they famed, started the fame Cougar famed, football coach Alton Kircher took a 15, 15th ranked team to a four and six record. That's actually Ashton Kircher. <laughs> um, he went back in time, kind of right. just changed his name a little bit, so no one no one would notice later. Yeah. And, I'm and coach WSC football to a I'm Larry Bernandez, like. Yeah, I don't know. That's a joke only a few Mariners fans will understand. Oh, by the way, uh, Larry's cousin Felix pitched in Tahoma oh. tonight, and I totally forgot. I didn't even go see it. But I don't know. Did you miss anything? Probably not. Probably but, but not. But hey, apparently Ichiro is there. And Might be your last chance to see Felix. Probably. I, don't, uh. I mean, I guess I could go to a Mariners game in September, but I probably yeah. won't. <laughs> you might not get to see him at a Mariners game in September. I don't know. Hey, well, we'll see. The, 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 the intent should be to lose. So put should Felix be. out there. Yeah, there we go. I like the way you think. Anyway, this is not Mariners talk. This, this is, is not Mariners talk. talk. But anyway, so um, number 23, pretty cool. Um, Super cool, man. Like for all the reasons we talked about two weeks ago. You know, it's. Well, it's, and, and, and so we have an, an example of this now from last week. Um, so, and, and we're not trying to overplay this or anything, but um, Savelle Smalls, who's a. Um, a a five-star recruit from the state and and put put WSU in his final six, which never happens. Right. I mean, this is like, we're talking, this kid is a top 10 recruit in the country, not at his position overall. Like five-star, top 10 in the country, every program in the country would take this kid, including Alabama, Clemson, you know, I mean, you name it. They would take this kid, and somehow we made it into the top six. And not only are we in the top six, but he's at, he actually visited Pullman on an unofficial. He came for the Crimson and Gray game, which is just like, 
you know, the biggest thing we always talk about is, you know, if we can just get them on campus, right? If we can just get them to Pullman and show them what Pullman's like, you know, you know, they may still not pick us, but you know, they, they at least see that, wait a second, this isn't whatever, especially for the Seattle kids as someone who grew up in Seattle and was like, whatever, dude, cow pie high over there. Like, you know, and then you go and you're like, this is nothing like what I thought. Um, you know, the same thing goes for players and for him, he got over there and was like, that was actually really cool. You know? So yeah, that doesn't happen without, what we've got going on without 11 wins last year, without, you know, being ranked before the season, you know, without this sense that you're joining a four years of like, like you're joining a program that's going to win games. You're not, you're not, it's not this like pitch that you can turn it around. It's this pitch that you can take it to a whole different, you know, at the next level. With you, we get to go, we, you know, we haven't gone to Rose Bowls with you. We go to Rose Bowls. You know, that sort of thing. Um, it's a pretty awesome deal. I guess there's a, a report out there on Coog Fan that Leach told him he could play both wide receiver and linebacker. Well, you got to do what you got to do. To land, <laughs> I mean, a, to land a kid I mean, like sure. That. <laughs> you know, I'll, hey, I'm I'm all for it. Let's go. Let's and, see what he can do. And, you know, we've seen recruiting as uh, – it can be a, um, it can be a contagious. Uh, we, oh, we it's see, 100%. We, we see if, if one big recruit will commit somewhere, you'll see, yep. uh, better, you know, other maybe lesser but, like, more talented recruits commit to the same place because they yep. kind of they, these recruits have community especially if you know other recruits in, in seattle or other guys that he plays against or guys that he plays with like you know you end up getting these sort of package deals and we saw um uh, uh we we've seen wsu in the past try to pull these sort of things where they just recruit every other guy on the team and hope that the big guy will come and um but um but that, that's not that's not what's happening here obviously there, there's not a bunch of other guys at kennedy catholic or whatever that are that are uh, um well, there are, but they're not trying to. They're not trying to recruit them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, um, but, uh, but yeah. So it's. I mean, it's it's cool, and and uh, the number twenty three ranking in the preseason is a part of it. Maybe not. It's not a direct. Um, it's not. It's not directly related. But it, but it is. It's the same sort of the same reason that you're getting ranked in the preseason at Little Wazoo is the same reason one of the top recruits in the country will look at you is because there's because WSU there. There's it, it going back through WSU history. There's no reason like the why were they ranked in 2017 because Luke Falk was coming back for a senior season. That is 90 percent of the reason. Like why were they ranked in, in, in and because they had just won uh, eight games. You know they're you know people are like oh they're pretty good and, and then you know obviously in 2002 you had a senior quarterback you had a, a 10 win season before um they, you know that there was just these expectations for for WSU to be good but this year you have WSU lost. Um, its best quarterback in recent memory, and and it lost its uh, uh, best defensive player, or probably two best defensive players, um, and uh, and so there's just you know in in, in typically in WSU history, uh, one just losing a quarterback. If there's if no one knows who the starting quarterback is, you're sure as hell not going to get oh, uh, yeah. looked at as any good nationally sure. or even regionally or whatever, you know? Um, so, but now like because of, you know, four straight year, you know, winning 39 games over four years, you know, Mike Leach, who is a proven program builder coming in and he, and, and it looks like he's already, he's already got us on that path that he had Texas tech on. And so it's like, um, so it's just you know there's some belief 
um, outside of the program, like, yeah, we can slot in Washington State, you know, that, uh, as a ranked team because they've kind of at least been at that or near that. For uh, they've been WC's been ranked in each of each season at some point the last four years. So, uh, it, it, I mean, it, it, at, at that point, you just got to think if you're a national voter, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll put them in there and, and yeah. I won't look crazy. Like, that. we really, what do these guys, they're just trying not to look stupid. Right. And so, they, they, they apparently putting WSU in your top 10, one guy put him at uh, 14, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. A guy from, I think it was, it's the South somewhere. It was like Georgia or Alabama or something. It was like, what? Really? Yeah. Um, uh, I so. mean, it is wild. It's like, you know, you get to a point where they trust your program, right? You know, I mean, we saw that we've seen this happen with Stanford, like Stanford's ranked 25. I I don't know that there's any reason to rank Stanford 25 other than they just have won eight or nine games every year since David Shaw took over 10 or 11. Right. Early on. Yeah. Early on 10, 11, 12, the last handful of years, nine, eight, 10, you know, right in there, but never less than eight. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, they're just, if you're like, okay, betting on who's going to be there at the end of the season, you know, Stanford's a pretty good bet. That's where we've gotten to. And when people fill these things out, that's a lot of what they look at. They they just kind of go, you know, how likely is this? You know, where's where's your reputation? So they're either kind of looking at, you know, who's back and what's the recruiting class. That's sort of the Oregon formula right now, right? Right. Or they look at, okay, well, can we trust this coach and this program? And that's like the Washington thing right now, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, they're replacing their entire defense and everyone just goes, yeah, they're going to be awesome. Don't worry about it, right? It, it just doesn't even matter they, they couldn't tell you two starters on on the huskies defense this year and they're like but we know they'll be good you know and i think that's that's where we've gotten under leech which is just it's <laughs> still sort of blows blows my mind that that this is the point that we've gotten to so but well, it doesn't and, mean oh go ahead well and I'm, I'm saying now it's like i know my season tickets are coming in the mail tomorrow yeah. and it's now it's like <laughs> one of my favorite days it's just like like, cause I know, like, uh, like b- b- the games in Pullman are cool. I got, I got my, like, uh, my, uh, I have a buddy who who went to Ohio State, and he and he lives in Tacoma with me, and like, he just, he, he we were t- we were having beers on Friday, and he's like, oh, I, I really want to go to Pullman. Apparently, he has a neighbor that's a coog and um, doesn't get to go to Pullman that often. But I was like, dude, I have season tickets, man. Pick a game, we'll go. Yeah. And so he's going with me to UCLA, which is great because that game's awesome. pretty much sold out. And yeah. I think like that's going to be a lot of people's first game of the year, and and yep. uh, it'll be like great weather. The tailgate will be amazing. So I'm yep. really I'm really excited to like show off Pullman. And and then I'm in. Although I did just say last week, that's one the one of the games I'm nervous about. But but anyway, so but but yeah, like uh, I'm really excited to. To like to show it off and and like what were you thinking like 2010 like we like yeah come to pullman we'll get drunk and just don't look at the football field like yes yeah. that like don't the students will be gone and no one will be paying attention and whatever you know yeah uh, but now now it's like you know we feel like we're 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 a program now and and we're you know we're um top half pac-12 program it's been top fourth for the last four years and and we we see no reason for that to stop happening, and 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 uh, we may play in one of the toughest divisions in the country, but they have for the last few years, and it hasn't mattered. So let's just let's just keep <laughs> it rolling. It's it's I'm excited, man. Tomorrow I get that little booklet, and and uh, and I get to flip through it and and think about what I'm going to be doing that day, and and it's fantastic. You know what a national ranking doesn't get you. Uh, 
Well, I know what you're going to say, but I want, I want, to, be, I want <laughs> to be snarky about it. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't get you a good copy editor. Yeah, it does not get you respect from ESPN.com. <sighs> well, I'm really excited for Jalen Thompson to be yeah. man, in, man in the safety and, position. And Gage Gabrud to be our and quarterback. Gage Gabrud to be our quarterback, though. Yeah. So for people who have no idea what we're talking about, okay, so uh, so the AP poll comes out today. Uh, ESPN.com runs this uh, story on all the top 25 teams, what they need to do to make the college football playoff. Like that's that's what that that was the premise of this of this story and they had uh, the teams broken out uh, with these little like capsules and they were written by the the person who covers the conference for for espn.com well espn.com has recently shifted their pac12 guy to a new guy named uh, edward ashoff who uh, appears at least as near as i can tell to be a lifelong uh atlantan who is much more comfortable with the sec and the acc and so he wrote up the little blurb on wsu and it sounds like this Mike Leach is breaking in a new grad transfer quarterback again in Gage Gabrud, who registered more than 11,000 yards of offense and 100 touchdowns at Eastern Washington. <sighs> Running back Max Borgie is bound to have a breakout year in 2019, while Gabrud will throw to four of the Cougs' top five receiving targets from last year. The defense could be better in Tracy Clay's second year, especially with star safety Jalen Thompson returning. <sighs> Dear God. Anyway, shoring up the linebacker spots and replacing longtime leader Peyton Pluer will be tall task, but this defense could be an annoyance in November. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, like what are you doing? And so people just sort of went, you know, did, did their Twitter thing, which I try not to do much anymore, but I was just like, you know, as a journalist myself, like that sort of thing just drives me up the wall because it's like, I mean, that's just basic fact checking, right? Um, and he even said, like, he responded to somebody who who called him out on it and said, oh, these things were written weeks ago. And then somebody responded with, Jalen Thompson left two months ago. And it was like, and then he said, "It's a it, oh, it was a misunderstanding. I'm just like, it's so just you misunderstood, like. Misunderstood, ineligible. Like, you misunderstood. And then beyond the fact that, you know, and then there's there's the fact that, you know, Anthony Gordon is, is probably going to be the starter, almost certainly going to be the starter at this point. Now, not that he would necessarily be following it close enough to know that, um, but to write it so matter-of-factly that Gabrud is going to be the guy without sort of acknowledging, I mean, it's been said throughout that it was going to be a competition and, you know, to not even hedge it a little bit and say that it's probably going to be Gage Gabrud. Um, and then I also know I mean, that is kind, the journal. Like, yeah, probably and probably most likely, seemingly or, most yeah. likely, these you know, all the these words we used to friend. hedge. Yes. This is a journalist friend. Yes, they they help you hedge and maintain some level of objectivity while also forwarding an opinion, right? And so, you know, and, and it's just, you know, these things can, you know when they're coming out. So why not just do one little quick fact check to make sure everything still stands? You know, this isn't a book, right? I mean, you and I have both worked on preview magazines and preview books. And it's like, yeah, you file these things, you know, two months in advance. And, you know, you just cross your fingers that nothing's changed by the time the book comes out. I mean, you know, maybe he did write this three weeks ago, but I mean, come on, you know. So anyways. Well, yeah, and and we'll say that uh, you and I ha are familiar with the, uh, the ESPN process for so That is true. Somewhat. 
and uh, I know when I uh, when I submitted some previews for them, and then uh, for some some small college basketball teams uh, where I didn't have like an official roster by the time I had to submit right the thing. So it was, and you know they they're they don't pay their um, employees to work during the summer basically so right um so you there's no one to even contact to be like who the hell is this like exactly like and and so you know you submit it and then you get some fan that's like wow what why how could you say that it's like i'm sorry i, I i'm doing I, my I'm best doing my best but, so. but see but that's the difference though because you're like i'm sorry i'm doing my best and this guy was just like cool story bro i um, don't really care no i will admit uh there was this uh Kennesaw State preview. Um, so I was previewing, I believe that would be the Ace Sun. And I picked Kennesaw State to be last again. And there's a very active Kennesaw State blogger. And who who knew? Um, the most right. prominent Kennesaw State alum I know is Jason Kirk, who is uh, WSC, or I mean, w, for SB Nation, one of their primary college football guys. Um, but uh, other than that, there's a guy that's just a hardcore blogger. They have like a great, like, frequently updated blog um or at least they did at that point and um so i kind of missed that i i I didn't miss but i didn't take uh very seriously um and i probably if i would have spent a little bit more thought on it i would have probably taken they had this transfer coming from auburn who was like awful at auburn but he was a big and so he was like would have been big for the for their conference and and so he was just big player big athletic player but he was awful at auburn so i didn't like pay him much attention um and i but probably should have kind of read the writing on the wall that he would be like a star because they had us do as predictive starters as you'll remember like predicted starters all that Mm -hmm. stuff and i didn't even have him in that which um, looking back, yeah, he he definitely was, and he should have been in there. And so I got into this, you know, I, I kind of, I, I definitely took the same sort of like defensive position, like, hey, dude, I, you know, I, I I had like thirty teams, so like, I like blah blah blah, you know, like I'm, I'm just, um, and but then I kind of like came up with all these reasons, like you know, statistical reasons, like, yeah, he's like six ten, and he shot like forty percent from twos, and and like he 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 rebounded like only 8% of the defensive up rebound opportunities when he plays all that stuff. And I'm like, look, he, there's nothing telling me that he's going to be good. And even though like, yeah, he'll probably be a starter because of his size and athleticism. There's nothing telling me that he's going to be good. Right. And it was pretty fun. And like, so he was, cause he ripped into me on his blog and everything which I felt pretty proud. I was like, Oh, ESPN's Craig powers. I was like, Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, he ripped into me on his blog. And so we, we got in a back and forth, but it was pretty funny. That player was absolute trash. I was going to say, and, did he turn out to suck? Yeah, he sucked. And I, the guy came back, <laughs> the guy, to this blogger's credit, he came back like halfway through the season. He's like, this guy sucks. Like, you were right. I'm sorry. I, I ripped it to you. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Like that, so that, that felt pretty good. But um, um, Jalen Thompson's not going to be playing safety, so that, that, yeah. that, that, that's not coming well, back to I mean, that it's, guy. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to like make an assertion and um, – you know like 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 have that be bit grounded in some sort of fact it's another thing to just like make some sort of very large factual error right you know and it's like that's the part that's that it's sort of frustrating and, and to not be like yep i screwed up let me fix it it's sort of like and then they didn't even really change the substance of it they were just like 
They just inserted a sentence that said, although Leach has said Gordon could be the starter in parentheses and then kept everything else about Gabrud the same. And then with Thompson, they just said the defense could be better, even though they lost Jalen Thompson. It's like, how does that even st- anyway? It's just yeah, that doesn't make sense. I don't think any of us are expecting the defense to be better. No, not now. <laughs> not I mean, I don't like Thompson. if they're as good as last year, I feel pretty great. You know, yeah. so anyway, it's I think it's part of um, it, part of the frustration. It's that Cougs versus everybody. Right. That that like everybody says. And I, I don't tend to get the victim complex nearly as much as some of our other fans. Um, I mean, the name of our podcast is sort of very tongue in cheek, right? But it's like, it's just, you know, I can't argue with people at this point when they're like, we get no respect. And I'm like, you know what? It's kind of true. Like this dude, we're one of the top 25 teams in the country and this dude couldn't even be bothered for a simple Google search. You know, it's, it's so like, and I know like from when you and I wrote those previews, you know, the very first thing that you do when you're about to write about a guy, especially for us, because we were doing like small conferences and mid majors and that kind of stuff where, where transfers happen all the time. Right. I would always type in the dude's name into Google just to make sure he was actually still on the team you know yeah, you like he hadn't actually transferred like, like jeff newser transferred jeff newser yeah. injury jeff New- like you like anything you could find yeah and ineligible whatever yeah. like you just find like you just have so, all these keywords it's just sloppy and careless and and then just like i said his reaction which was well you know i wrote this a while ago was just sort of like that's not that's not what a journalist should do. A journalist should strive to be accurate. And I know we, we sort of live in a different world now. And this is where I put on my, put on my old man shakes fists at cloud, you know, thing. But it's like, yeah, I mean, just have a little pride in your work and, you know, don't, when a fan comes off and and these are the people who are going to be, you know, ostensibly reading you. And this is your first uh, introduction to them. And you're just like, well, your team doesn't matter enough for me to get anything right about them. I mean, he basically had four facts in there and half of them were wrong right so you know that just shows that you don't really care and you know it's hard to argue with people when they are like nobody cares about wsu we get no respect and i'm like yeah in this instance i guess you're right exactly so oh man but uh should we take um, one more commercial break it would be sloppy and irresponsible as for for us not to yeah we, we need to squeeze one in to meet our obligations here And we're back. Oh man, what a product! Little little stretch run here. We got we we are like we've been talking forever already about the Just so much to talk about. Yeah, so if you're wondering where all our like banter about everything else went, well, we it's have stuff to talk out. about now. Yeah, we yeah, have stuff like to talk about. No more I, politics. We still have stuff on the show list that I and plus we just had a commercial, so we got we got to give you more stuff. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, so man, like, like there's things that we would talk about more if, if we had time to, um, uh, one thing that comes like, I I've been wanting to talk more about in the last couple of weeks of preseason games have been happening, ha- have been kind of Cougs in the NFL. Cause we actually have a, a lot of them now, like, especially in preseason yeah. teams, like a- as the program has gotten better, you have more players that go to the NFL either as drafted, which, you know, that hasn't we haven't had too many of those, but there's been a lot of guys that have been working, making teams um, from a you know from from an undrafted position. Uh, uh, um, one of those guys is Hercules Mataafa, right? Who, who's unfortunate. Who was shockingly undrafted last year, 
um, but then um, uh, then suffered a pretty unfortunate injury to miss the entire season. But so far has looked um, has actually made some play that the made the, some of the plays that we're used to seeing him make at WSU in the preseason for Minnesota and, and, and some of, uh, some, uh, Seahawk fans got to see some of that, you know, got to see him actually, um, up close on the Seahawks broadcast actually it was a national broadcast. Um, yep. but, uh, so it was cool. And, and Fox actually talked about Hercules and, and I actually didn't hear that part, but, um, uh, it, maybe you did Jeff and maybe you could uh, talk about that, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, Herc has definitely put on some weight, um, yep. he, he looks more of a part they definitely have, they have him playing on the inside. Um, but he looks more of a part, more of that part. Um, I would say he's probably around two seventy. I haven't looked it up, but, uh, I think that's what he's been reporting. Yeah. As. But he's still got that, um, that, that quick first step and he still has that like ability to create leverage, um, and just straight up push his, uh, uh, blocker back into the play, um, which we've seen him, we've seen him play. And then he's also, um, uh, the master at forcing a, a holding call, which he always was at WSU and, and which yep. PAC 12 lefts refs even missed quite often. But, but yeah, like, um, he, he took that quick first step, but yeah, man, did you, um, yeah, I'm sure you kept an eye on him uh, on, uh, on, um, what was that on Sunday? Um, did yeah, you Sunday any thoughts night? on how he played? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he had much of an impact. Um, at least from what I saw, I tried to I tried to notice when he was on the field, which was most of the second and third quarters. I think, um, you know, didn't really have quarterback pressures. Or a couple of times where he's chasing ball carriers downfield and didn't look like he was quite running as hard as maybe he could, but, um, but he, he certainly didn't look, look terrible. You know, they had him playing on the interior, which is what, um, you know, we, we sort of knew they were going to try to do that. They were, they they'd sort of given up the idea of trying to make him into a, an outside linebacker. They said, well, let's, let's beef him up a little bit and have him be, you know, an interior rusher. So, uh, played him in there again, didn't, didn't really stand out, but, um, you know, I'm sure he gained some valuable experience. I know that uh, another guy who gained some valuable experience was Gardner Minshew, who looked much better in this game than he did in the first game, despite uh, apparently running for his life on just about every snap. Yeah. Um, the highlights that I saw, I didn't get to watch yeah, the Jacksonville's game, but, offensive line looks awful. Oh, my goodness. And, and I think that was mostly like second team guys, yeah. uh, second team offensive linemen that were playing in there too. Jacksonville seems to be doing the uh, – the 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 more fashionable thing these days which is to really just keep out your top guys uh from the first couple of games and just let the the twos and threes and fours and fives play yeah why why do why would this brand new quarterback who has had middling results in the nfl why would you need to have him run your offense i don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah but he also has been you know injury prone at times oh, so there you, go. Yeah. you know you, you want to maybe save that and you know with Minshew, you want to get a good long long look at him and and it well i'm you know, glad it that seems, they are they are too. yeah out. and it seems like he pretty clear he made some big strides from week one to week two at least that seems to be the general consensus so, yeah, so, week, week one Stats not impressive enough to even cite, but no. But nineteen to twenty nine, two hundred two. He he didn't lead any uh, touchdown drives, um, but uh, he definitely he played quite a bit. Um, um, his backup ran for a touchdown. That was their only touchdown. But uh, 
but yeah, um, so yeah, he he got he got to sling the ball around. Um, obviously, run for his life. Not not the best yards per attempt, but um, again, like you said, he's he's a he's he's the backup, and he's playing with a bunch of backups, and uh, it's only so good you can look in that situation. And I, I think he looked pretty good, especially after the first game when uh, the biggest highlight was him getting his helmet knocked off yeah. after dropping a snap <laughs> and getting blindside hit. And so. of course, he got right up because that's what he does. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, um so yeah, he's um he looks pretty solid to uh get that uh backup position which is means he'll get paid like an NFL player yeah. and he'll uh It's awesome. Yeah, um, he'll I mean honestly you can stay in the league for a long time if you're seen as a solid backup. So best job in the world. We've seen uh we've seen Luke Falk trying to trying to make a roster or at least a uh uh, a practice squad at, and for the Jets, and he's led some uh, some nice uh, late game drives. He be a little mobile, pretty interesting. Yeah, yep. uh, he made it in his first uh, game. Uh, uh, he kind of made a nice little rollout and uh, throw for a touchdown. He threw for another touchdown in his last start. So, um, or oh, to uh, Deontay Burnett. So that was uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. What could have been? Yeah, so if you don't know, he was a... Cougar commit. A Cougar commit who uh, flipped to USC. Um, would have would have been a receiver for uh, Luke, Luke Falk. Falk yeah. Um, but, so it's pretty interesting they threw him a touchdown pass in, uh, for the Jets. So uh, football's weird like that, huh? Um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, there's so many guys, and I feel bad... Uh, you kind of focus on these big. I, I've seen some, uh, you know, I've seen some praise for Dillard and just his footwork, uh, which yeah. we knew he he was stellar at, and um, so it's it's cool to see that. Um, you know, some uh, there's just this is a lot of guys around. I think Shalom Lamani's in a tough battle to make the roster uh, with the Seahawks. Uh, you know, they, they have they have a bunch of safeties, and wherever he slots in, you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, maybe cool to see him, you know, uh, get on the roster again. But, yep, um, he might be headed for a practice squad type of situation. Um, but yeah, there's so many guys. I, I just I, I can't keep up with it at this point. <laughs> like, um, it's a lot harder than it used to be uh, when there was just like two guys in the league. <laughs> like I remember, Coog fan would always do the uh, this week in the NFL, the Cougs, and most of it was like you know Jason Hansen every yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> as long as he was still playing. Yeah, I mean, um, one guy yeah. we haven't even mentioned yet is uh, Frankie Louvu, who appears oh, man, to be course, yeah. who appears to be actually putting himself in line for a, for a pretty significant role with the Jets. So made a nice tackle, um, force a fumble. Yeah, like he's um, yeah. you know ever since his uh, man the the spring football game after his junior year, right leading into his senior year, he was a monster, just all over the field in Spokane. Just and it was a, like. Yeah. Holy cow! Well, and then he was just a missile his senior year. Yeah, had this huge senior year. So, yeah, he's he's a guy who's playing great. Joe Dahl just signed a new contract. Yep, yep. Um, You know, he's getting some run again as as the twos are running. But I think he's pretty much looked at as kind of the number, kind of kind of the number six or seven uh, offensive lineman on the NFL. That guy plays a lot. Yeah, on the lines. I mean, he play plenty of special teams in that role. Yep. Um, you know, there's only 53 again, guys on the roster. Yep, if you're yep, on it, you're going to play. Yep. 
you're, you're the first guy, uh, you know, if there's, if there's an Unless issue you're the backup line. quarterback. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can have a long career and make a pretty decent chunk of change, um, just being that guy. So, yeah, I mean, we haven't reached the point yet where maybe necessarily we're putting stars into the league, uh, to, you know, right. too much, but, um, but you know, it's, it's definitely a sign of how far the program has come, uh, under Mike Lee. I mean, there are lots of signs of that, right. But, but this is definitely one of them that, you know, you're putting these guys in the league and they're, and they're sticking around, you know, Shalom Luani was, was on the Seahawks roster all last year. I mean, right. that's, you know, I mean, making a roster and staying on NFL roster is really, really, really effing hard, like really hard. And and it's a huge accomplishment just to be on an NFL roster. And, and like and like with Dahl getting a contract extension is a huge deal. Yeah, like getting a two year extension. Yep. Um, that's uh, the you know they're not giving that to a guy who they think is going to be struggling to make the roster. Yeah, so. I'm a little bummed. It seems like River Craycraft isn't getting a lot of looks at at receiver. Yeah, they're um, yet. It seems like they've mostly got him on returns, and I I don't know what the odds are that he makes the team just as a sort of return specialist. Yeah, I, I I see. You know, you think of him as like a a sure-handed guy, but it, it it is kind of weird to think. I know he's he's always just obviously. He, he's he's got athleticism, but you just never thought of him as like a like a an NFL kick returner. I thought that was pretty right. interesting, but uh, yeah, good hands. Yeah, I mean, we he's know got that. good hands, so like you're not you know he's not going to fumble the ball on the return. Right. But, although um, <clears throat> when he against Rutgers, but that's still still bad memories of that one. Ugh. Anyway. Rest in peace, Seattle game. Not really. Rest Not in really. fire. Yeah. Burn in hell. All right, man. Um Yeah, I think I think that about covers it. I think that about covers it. I am I'm recovering from one of these summer colds that you get when you have children. Ooh. Uh so I, I have I have hit the mute button to cough a few times. How's have I? Um I've been trying to get my, my workouts in on, on the old Apple Watch just by walking. Because I can't bear the thought of uh, raising my heart rate. Up. So. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, people can email us. People uh, can tweet us. Podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. That's yep. the VS versus. I don't know if you thought to spell it out, then you're weird and you're not like that the is, rest of us. It's a little true. And uh, I might want to talk to you. But, uh, <laughs> um, but they uh, can yeah. tweet at us. At pod versus everyone because yep. actually there's a limit on the number of characters you can have in a tweet and spelling out podcast versus everyone was too many characters it's true so um yeah that's mostly jeff um, yeah mostly he signs jn sometimes but sometimes when i want to make sure it's absolutely clear that it's me yeah he doesn't want me get to get me fired from my job or something. like when i say things like i am a proud union member yeah that would be me yeah I, yeah you don't want to get me fired you know for no uh, no, we wouldn't want that. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, you can follow me at the Craig Powers because um, I am the Craig Powers in your life, the one and only, the one and only. Um, and uh, they should review us too. Yeah, you should, um, please, especially on Apple. Yes, because that's where most people get them. Um, it is true. But uh, review us on whatever Overcast or Stitcher or whatever you're doing. Uh, give Spotify. us a, give us a five f- Spotify. Some of you are doing that. Um, five stars all the way. 
leave a comment you know that'd be cool uh yeah craig has a decent manner about him i definitely th- would consider um hanging out with him if he was buying me a drink like maybe something like that yeah you know um and if you put that in there um i'll know you were listening to the very end yeah. so that would be amazing and um, then, you know the nice things that you say help other people find the show and also the Coog Center Hour, both yes. shows. Um, yeah, so yeah, we have another podcast that you will get delivered to your phone if you subscribe. So subscribe, please. Subscribe. Um, we are going to uh, be doing some fun things in the season. Um, uh, we we are hoping to have reaction and preview podcasts. Oh, and yeah, then we got also, big stuff. And then also we have Michael in the middle of the week doing his Coog Center Hour, which is a far more professionally uh, produced podcast than this. Um, bit of 90 minutes of rambling that we do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so listen to it. Listen to us both. Uh, you got time in your life. Um, That's right. Especially if you're driving to Pullman. Like, Heck what yeah. are you going to do for those four hours? What else are you going to do? Um, but uh, gonna yeah, listen so. Listen to Coog Center Podcast. Listen to Coog Center Podcast, dude. Uh, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. But yeah, uh, so go ahead and hit subscribe. Um, if you're on your device right now, just hit subscribe. It's not that hard. Um, if you're just now finding us, I hope you like us. Hit subscribe. Next week, I'm going to remember to ask you at the start. Um, That's right. But, uh, but yeah, so. Um, <laughs> probably won't. Probably won't. Um, <laughs> what, our, our motto is we don't care. We don't. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And go kooks. Go kooks.